Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. Saturday serve is this Saturday, uh, and uh, my men's group uh, is uh, going to come and do some kind of painting around here. We're not going to do major painting, a lot of touch-up painting, a few little uh, uh, man things. Uh, if you're a man, um, you are welcome to come and be... If you're, if you're a guy and you want some Christian man chat, we have a chat room that mostly stays on good stuff. Uh, every now and then it diverges into like... what what. Last night there was a large discussion about this terrible Kobe Bryant tattoo that we saw. Uh, and so we just talked about that for a while in the group chat. Yes, that's, that's the, the, the men's group group chat. That's what we were talking about. It's, an, it's on Instagram, so if you're not on, and uh, women, if your husband isn't around enough men, uh, elbow him a little bit, you don't have to join. Well, you have to join Insta, but you don't have to follow anybody. Just join our chat. Amen? Amen. If you're a woman and you're like, I could do some painting, well, then have your ladies group come paint. All right? I, I'm, anybody can paint, but we're going to be fellas, uh, being fellas in here painting next hour. Are you with me? Are you hearing me? You're like, when, Pastor? When are we doing this? This is a men's group. We don't know yet. It's, it's, only, it's, it's only six days away. I mean, you think we planned that already? Um, we, don't, we are going to paint, and it's going to be here. That's a lot for right now. And somebody will bring some, something, and uh, we'll have too much food. That's what happens, all right? If you've got, uh, you got a Bible, go ahead and turn to the book of First. Kings, uh, I'm going to be somewhere around chapter 17. We are continuing our Elijah message series. Lillian, uh, my voice is almost gone. Took me there this morning. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm like, well. Also, let me just tell you this. I am in a, um, <clears throat> I'm in a season of personal revival, uh, and I'm pretty happy about it. Uh, I've been through some long, hard seasons in my life. I like the personal revival seasons better, right? You ever been like in a season and you're like, ah, things aren't good, things aren't bad, and then things get bad, and you're like, I would just take the not good or bad. You know, I would just, I would take that season. That's the, and it makes you appreciate the season of no warfare more, right? You can tell people haven't been through nothing when they're complaining about nothing. You, you know, like how your parents, you say, you want something to cry about? I'll give you something to cry about, right? <laughs> and so people who habitually complain, it's like the world is waiting for them, like, you want something to cry about? I'll give you something to cry about. Oh, woes will come, right? Uh, and so I, I'm, 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 I'm going to kind of calm down. I kind of went there with Lillian, and now I'm like, Phew. I told uh, the chat on YouTube, hello, online people, glad you're with us. Uh, I told them, uh, it's kind of electric in here, it's kind of fire in here right now, so uh, I'm apologize right now for screaming, um, but here it comes, right? Uh, I am worked up, and I'm believing God is going to do something in our lives today. Don't answer that phone because it's not Jesus. He's speaking through me right now. <clears throat> Title of my message today is The Battle Before. The Battle Before. Now, <clears throat> I, I had, a, um, I had a, a crazy couple weeks, uh, the last couple weeks. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Like out of nowhere, just crazy stuff starts to happen. And, uh, and it could feel like they're happening one after another. And if, if you didn't know Jesus, you might say things like, man, I feel like I'm cursed or bad things come in threes, neither of which are true, right? Um, but things kind of got a little, a little crazy, like, um, you know, my microwave died out of nowhere. And uh, I know maybe yours did too? Yes. When, when, um, and so it just died. And I'm like, I'm busy. And um, they're not particularly expensive, though they're not cheap, and they're not particularly hard to replace, but it's not easy, and it's just like, gosh, one more, one more thing. And then it seemed like lots of little things started happening uh, in my life that were weird, uh, and then um, some big things started happening in friends' life. I have a friend that uh, the entire plumbing system in his house went, went, went bad, and I'm like, well, that's not good. That's, that's kind of a big deal right there. I mean, it's not, your microwave is broken big, you know, but, you know... <laughs> You know, uh, and then, um, uh, you know, another friend had really bad stuff happening, and uh, another friend had a close family member they've been ministering to for years, finally passed away, and they're not sure of their salvation, and um, um, another friend had a family member in the hospital, and there wasn't real clarity on what was going on or where it was going, and um, 
I'm like, what, 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 what's happening, man? This is crazy. Had a big fight with my wife out of nowhere, and I'm like, what the world? I, I, my life is better when I'm not fighting with my wife, right? Like, I don't know about you. Um, life is better when I'm not at war with the person I've made covenant with, right? And so, like, all these things are happening, and I'm like, I don't get it. And so last Sunday night, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to bed, um, or want to go to bed. Um, if you're like me, you don't sleep well. There's, like, going to bed and then there's in bed, and then there's going to sleep. Unfortunately, going to bed doesn't mean going to sleep, right? So I'm going to bed, which is like I'm preparing for the process of eventually falling asleep. And um, uh, it's like 10.30 at night, been a long day. Um, and uh, I have a lot of smart switches in my house. I like doing the smart thing. My house does a lot of things on its own, which I like. Um, and uh, when we go to get in bed, um, my wife is already there, I think. And uh, the, the, my bedroom light is blinking like this. And it's on the smart switch, and it's my, and it's just like the lights in my bedroom are, are flashing and making a ticking noise, and now the switch doesn't work. It's just flashing uh, off. I can, so, so I just go over to the light, and I just turn it off with the switch on the light, but the switch is still clicking. And I'm like, it's 1030 at night. I'm ready to get in bed to get ready to start going to sleep. You know, like I'm, I, I got stuff, and it's just ticking, and I'm like, turn the light back on. No, no, I'm, 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 I'll get that later. Uh, and so it's just ticking. And I'm like, I'm going to have to take apart a light switch at 1030 at night. Like, this is not what I want to be doing right now. And so I'm standing there. I'm like, oh, it's been a long couple weeks. I had a long day, uh, tired. Uh, and then I say to myself, well, this light, I'm, I'm in this like disco with the strobe, right? It's just like blinking in my dark room. And I say, I say, I wonder if this could be some spiritual warfare. And then God says to me, like, as clear as you hear my voice, he says, is the light coming on? Bing, light's coming on. This is how God talks to me in like metaphor, right? The light's coming on. Oh, there's spiritual warfare. The light came on, right? Like, oh, I see. There's more going on than just happenstance, right? I don't believe the devil broke my microwave, right? I just, I, I, I don't feel like the Lord was like, like with Job, you know? He, and then the devil came to God and he's like, can I have Carl? No, but you can have his microwave, right? I don't, I don't, I, I don't think that's what happened, right? <laughs> I'm going to look at my servant, Carl. Oh, I can make him turn. Have at it on his microwave, right? I don't, I don't think that's what happened, but I do know there's a spiritual element to things in our lives. And, um, and I know uh, when there's spiritual warfare, things that aren't that big a deal all of a sudden become a very big deal, right? Things that didn't need to go there, go there, right? right? Like, and, and so you know, like, okay, you know, I'm starting to feel overwhelmed with the season. Has anybody heard that? There's a lot of that going around today. Oh, I feel so burnt out. And we're like, from what? From, from the pandemic. Did you get the pandemic? No. Okay, what exactly in the pandemic has you burnt out? Well, it's just been so long. What's been long? 2020. I'm like, that's exactly as long as we thought it was going to be. It was a year, <laughs> right? 2020 was a year, right? It was exactly one year. Didn't get stretched out from coronavirus. It was one year. But when we get the spiritual warfare on top of tired people, now things start looking bigger than they actually are. Is this making sense? Yeah. yeah. And so, so I'm in my bedroom. Uh, the light comes on, metaphorically and physically, right? And uh, I start thinking, huh, well, I, um, I, I didn't know what was going on, and I didn't understand exactly what was happening, but I know how to do spiritual warfare. Right? Like, I don't know how to keep my microwave from breaking, and I don't know how to keep other people from reacting poorly, but I know, like, this is a battle I do know how to win, right? Like, my Savior lives, I've been in spiritual warfare before, and so now that the light came on, now we're in a battleground I know how to fight, right? Now, like, okay, oh, oh, that's where we are. Oh, I've been here before. I, I got the blood, I got the word, I got my faith, I got the testimony, I got, I don't care about the devil. Come on, somebody. So, like, so, so, so like I'm like, now, now I'm, I'm, I'm in a fight. I know how to win, right? So now it doesn't just feel like, oh, oh, another, another battle. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I know how to fight this. Now, how do I know how to fight this spiritual warfare? Because I've been in it before, right? So I've gained things in my own little personal spiritual warfare battles that I can now apply to other people's spiritual warfare battle. There was a time when I was a single guy and I'd had spiritual warfare and all I needed to be concerned with is just myself, that I feel better, I focus right, you know, that my little world is happy, 
But as I have matured in Christ, uh, you know, I'm concerned about my family, concerned about my neighbors, as the Lord has um, promoted me to be an elder in the body of Christ. Now there's other believers whose spiritual well-being uh, I am aware of. And so sometimes in order for me to understand what they're going through, maybe the Lord kept my microwave alive until other people were going through spiritual warfare to wake me up to what other people are going through. I, I don't know how God does this. I just know that now I understood I am in the fight that other people are in, right? And so now I'm like, oh, no, oh, that's my fight, too. It's not just his plumbing. It's my, it's my problem as well. Oh, it's not just their grief. It's my grief as well. Oh, no, and it's not just their marriage. It's my marriage. I, I am going to do what I know in spiritual warfare to lift this thing off of other people. You see, that, that, amen, that's the power of community, amen? But, but that's, that's, that's also, um, <clears throat> that's also uh, the, 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 the understanding that this isn't just, oh, another battle. Oh, no, no. There were battles that I was in before that have equipped me for this battle. Amen. And now I'm going to use what I gained in those battles, the wisdom, the skills to apply it to this battle. See, I, 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 I'm not asking God. I didn't come to Jesus and say, hey, I'm coming to you as long as I get to be lazy from here on out. Like the only reason I'm going to follow you, Jesus, if you do everything and I don't have to do it. That wasn't the agreement Jesus shared with me. Jesus said, hey, I tell you what, um, you give me your life, I'll invite you into my victory. I'm like, and he's like, I'm like, all right, cool. He's like, all you have to do is die. And you're going to learn how to do that for the rest of your life, right? Like you're just going to die to everything that you think is important for the rest of your life and you get to live in my victory. And you're at, at first you're like, yeah, because I got nothing good to give up. It's all bad, whatever. <laughs> Take it all. You want all this junk? Have it all. And then later on, you're like, I got some good stuff. He's like, no, no, I want that too. I'm like, oh, oh, this is going to cost something. He's like, yeah, this is going to cost a little something. And, and, and so this is how we start growing in Christ. Like the blinking light has to sometimes tell us like, hey, this isn't, this, like, it's easy to look back and say, oh, that was a season of equipping. Now I see that wasn't just a little battle I had. That was a season of equipping. And now when we get mature, we say, I'm in some warfare right now. Maybe this is a season of equipping. It's not all about yesterday. I don't want, like maybe right now, the battle I'm in right now is not a distraction. It's not even the devil. It is a season for me to be equipped to the big thing God has called me to do. You see in this, that's, that's called living life with purpose. I'm living life on purpose and there's a big plan going on in my life and God is in charge of it all. Right, right. Um, you know, you know, we're on this journey in life. We're 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 writing this life story with God. And um, are, are are there any gamers in the room? Anybody here play video games that you'll admit to it as an adult? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. Uh, so I'm not a big gamer because I'm busy. Right. I I can't wait to be a bad gamer again. I'm just too busy in this season of my life. But here, here's what I have um, learned. Uh, about so maybe you'll understand this language. So, you know, in, in gaming terms, um, there is a, 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 a we'll call it a meta narrative to the story. There's a big story that video games follow, right? There's some sort of if you saw Jumanji, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like there's a there's a plan here, and every time um, we're in this story, uh, there's there's the big campaign, but there's always these new little side battles, these new campaigns that we have to fight. There's, there's, um, there's these little things, like I'm supposed to be get there, but now you've distracted me on this side mission. And, and in these side missions, in these, in these side campaigns, um, we, we, we have to do stuff, and in, in the battle, we either gain experience, or we gain new tools, or we get new powers that we didn't have before the side campaign, because we need those tools in order to do the next battle in the main campaign. Is this making sense? And so we have to stop off. And so like if you're going to college and you're like, I want to be a psychiatrist, and they're like, okay, take English. And you're like, I don't want to study English. I want to be a psychiatrist. And they're like, yes. Uh, but you'll have to learn how to write like somebody who understands this language in order to be a psychiatrist. So you're going to learn a little bit of English so you can go ahead and write like somebody who speaks English, right? Right? And they're like, okay, now you're going to go study some history. You're like, no, 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 I don't want to learn history. They're like, oh, no, 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 you don't understand we don't want you to sound like an idiot uh, saying things that were disproved 300 years ago, right? Like when you're going to learn a little bit of history so you can be an educated person so when you're talking to somebody with a brain, 
uh, they'll understand that you, you're not dumb, right? And so you want to learn a little history, right? And, and so there's these side campaigns we do to equip us for the main battle, right? So, so there's these quests, our life. We're like, no, no, God, I just want to do this one thing. And he's like, great, well, go do this unrelated thing. You're like, oh, maybe God doesn't understand or he's testing me. Or he actually knows what you need for the main thing. And he's setting you off on side quests to get equipped for the main thing. And so we won't take these today battles as seriously because we don't think it counts that much. Not understanding the tool that you're going to gain in this thing is going to be super important down the road. Amen. Amen. You, you don't want to learn how to fight cancer when you, someone in your immediate family has cancer. That is not when you want to learn that battle. You want to get involved in someone else's spiritual fight. You want to get involved in somebody else's health fight. You want to get involved in someone else's financial come up, not when you need it, right? And so we, 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 have, to, we have to get in these side campaigns so we can understand the main battle. See, we can't run from the fight just because we're uncomfortable. We can't, we can't check out of the fight just because it's not what we want to be doing. Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay, here we go. I'm, 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 I'm going here. Almost done with my introduction. We're getting there. <clears throat> As believers, we can't, we can't run from the fight. We can't check out in selfishness and say, I don't, I don't have time, or I don't feel like it. Or, see, see, the big picture is that we're here to change the world. We're here to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. That's, that's the big story of what we're here to do. Now, along the way, I wouldn't mind having more money, having more peace in my family, you know, having America not look like crazy people, right? Like, I wouldn't mind all of that, but that is not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is heaven on earth, right? And I don't know, I don't know if you, you know, you're going to have to gain some skills to do that. It's going to, it's going to incorporate a lot of other life skills, but, but we can't run every time God has sent us on a side quest to get equipped for the main battle. Or we're never going to see it. Or we will make the side quest the point of our life. It never actually achieve what God has created us to accomplish. We, we have to be focused here. Um, you know, we, we, have to, we have to be able to see God in the big picture of who God is and what he wants to accomplish among us and then see the world. And we need the world to look like the God that we behold. It's not just about me. It's about your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And therefore, we have to both understand heaven and we have to understand earth. And I'm not going to go down that bunny trail today, though I want to go on a rant on that. Um, but God takes us through these campaigns to learn how to do his kingdom step by step. They say, you know, higher levels, higher devils. You ever heard that? Uh, that's actually true. You know, there's, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. It, you know, there, there's no doubt about that. It's just as true that in college, your homework is going to be harder than in first grade. The only thing is you should be ready to do college-level homework in college. That, right? So it's like bigger devils. Yeah, but I can handle them. And so a new believer, God isn't saying, hey, why don't you go be the head bishop of uh, Asia? You know, he's like, no, you ain't ready for that. Why don't you just get out of bed on time and show up to work? Right? That's the spiritual warfare you're in right now. Be nice to your, 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 your brother. Be nice to somebody you don't like. That's the big spiritual battle you're in right now. Stop trying to teach your wife everything and listen every now and then. That's the big spiritual battle you're in. Conquer your own pride, right? Like, that's a spiritual battle, right? And God's like, then maybe we can move on to something else. This ain't a side quest. This is equipping you for something. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying here? So, and, and, and so we get in these fights, and it's funny. I didn't talk to Brent about this, but we're using the same scripture. You know, in Galatians, it says, don't. Lose heart in doing good, for in due time if we, we will reap if we do not grow weary. And when I hear a lot of people say, oh, I feel overwhelmed, I'm like, oh, getting weary? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, don't. <laughs> like, I'm like, they're, they're like, for me, they're waiting for some word of compassion. I'm like, great, don't. Like, no, but I'm really tired. Yeah, don't get weary, though. You could be tired and not weary. The enemy wants you to think that they're connected. They're not. You're going to say, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I can't do more. But I'm trusting God is going to turn all this around so I can do and more than I'm able to do on my own. <clears throat> you know, some of us, we want to break generational curses. We're like, we decided, like, in my family, this ends. Man, hey, that ain't a one-time decision, amen? That's a thousand decisions of not getting 
weary in the midst, in the midst of getting run down. Like, I believe in generational blessings. I believe that my grandkids are blessed right now because I, just, I gave my life to Jesus, right? And I believe the more I serve, the longer that's going to go, right? But there's some things that I inherited because people made the opposite decision. And I may have to wear that demon down a little bit, right? And so I'm just going, I'm standing. Yeah, I see this going crazy. It ain't going to end like that. I, I read the end of the book. We win. Right? So I got, I got to stay strong in the midst of this because I'm, I'm accomplishing something here. And so we look at the, what are called the Deuteronomic texts in the Old Covenant where they're looking back, trying to figure out how did we get here? And uh, in in, in, in they're like, ah, what, this is, what is the big story of the Bible? And as you're reading the Bible, I want you to be thinking, just like in your life, Okay, I'm on a side quest right now. The side quest is important, but what's the big story of my life? Don't get bogged down. People who build a theology on one verse don't get the big picture. They're, they want you to stay on their side quest, right? There's a big picture of the Bible here, and the big picture is this looks like that, right? Like the, the, that's, that's where we're going. Right now, before Jesus, this looked like that, and now here we are to make this look like that, right? That, that, like, and that's going to take a minute, and that's going to take some people... Um, who pray, people who fast, people who do, people who love, people who don't get weary and give up uh, and, and blame this for not looking like that. Because that's our job to make this look like that. Right? We can't blame this for looking like this. <laughs> it, it, that's our job. And, and so in the Bible, like the goal here is um, all through these texts as they're talking about history and figuring out how we got here, the big point, the big overarching theme that they're trying to teach is that the people of God, that we want you, the people of God, to see that Yahweh is the only real God and that we should put our hope in Him alone. That, that's the big picture of like two-thirds of the Old Covenant. Like Yahweh is the only true God and we should put our trust in Him alone. Alone, Israel went on a lot of side quests to learn this, a 40-year one in the desert. Like, no, I am the God. Got to get Egypt out of you in the desert. Uh, if you're in the desert, I, I like to not complain about being in the desert. I like to think, why is this taking so long? What do I need to get out of me to get out of this season? If God is trying to starve something out of me, what, why do I keep eating it? And what is it? Right? Like, let's, start, let's, let's stop blaming everybody in our world about our desert. And start thinking about, the only constant here is me. Let me figure out why I've been in this desert for so long. Amen. Amen. Okay, that was, a, that was a free one right there. That wasn't even part of the message. All right. And so, as Elijah is now part of this story of teaching the people of God that he is the only true God, he, he has these, he's, these side quests, right? And he's doing these things. Um, there's these little things he's trying to accomplish so God can do something in him so he can be used on a bigger picture. We talked about several of them. Um, he, 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 Elijah was sent on the scene to show Israel that um, there's an open door to the enemy, right? There's an open door to the enemy by inviting Baal into the holy place reserved for Yahweh. Since Israel had left a door open to the false god into the holy place, now God is not there sovereignly. And Israel needs to see this. This is, this is, this is the life quest of Elijah, to show these people, you left the door open to the wrong God, kick them out and use the right way. And so on the road to telling them all these things, there were the side quests that Elijah had done that we had talked about. And let me, let me quickly um, go over a couple of them. The first one here, he had to, Elijah had to figure out, I am here for a reason. Like in, in 1 Kings 16, remember this? Uh, Baal was being uh, enshrined by uh, Ahab and Jezebel. You remember this? Uh, and, and Elijah saw the curse that was being unleashed on the people of God uh, because of sin. And he says, I see this happening and I have to do something about it. That's why I'm here. Now, I know my purpose in life is that there's a false God being worshipped in Israel. And if anybody's going to do something about it, I have to do something about it. It's not my neighbor's job it's not my spouse's job. It's my job to do something that I see is unrighteous. I see something unrighteous, and it's my job to do something about it. He didn't complain because things were rough. He said, I'm going to go do something about this. Me and God is enough to change all of this, right? And so after that happened, you remember the beginning of 
1 Kings chapter 7, uh, Elijah had to go out, go ahead, and uh, he had to go out there and get that desert degree. Remember that? He had to go out there and go through, the, remember that, the University of the Desert, and learn some things in the desert. And in the desert, <clears throat> Elijah found his authentic voice. Right? That, that he found his authentic voice in the desert. He, and not everybody's going to like his authentic voice, but it was made for them. Right? The prophetic anointing, if you don't learn anything else in this message today, the prophetic anointing speaks truth to power. The prophetic anointing on someone's life speaks to those who are in ungodly power and says, you need to repent. There is a real kingdom and you are not representing it. This is what the real prophetic anointing did. Elijah stood for righteousness and Ahab and Jezebel decided to kill him over it. They're like, well, we're going to kill any prophet, not just you, but anybody who looks like you, uh, because we don't want that truth being spoken. And so while they were trying to kill him, of course, uh, Elijah hid by a stream <clears throat> west of town. So, so Elijah, in this side quest, could learn that the Lord um, moved him. <laughs> this is so good. So Elijah could learn that God is the God over his provision. He didn't need King Ahab. He didn't need Queen Jezebel. He didn't need the rain. He didn't need anything. All he needed was God and to obey God's voice, and he was going to be okay. So this is a side quest Elijah had to learn, right? I'm just recapping the last several messages here. And, and so after that, he was by the little creek. Uh, the creek begins to dry up because of the drought, and the Lord says, okay, now that you have learned in, next to a creek near your hometown that I am God, you know, in Israel, the nation, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to move you into Baal's area. I'm going to move you into Syria. And he's like, well, Syria, that's where they want to kill me, right? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to move you into Syria, the home of Baal, and I'm going to bring you not to a rich person, but to a widow. And at the widow's house is where you are going, <laughs> you're going to learn some new side quest lessons. And so he shows up to the widow, you know this, and he began to learn the curse-breaking blessing on his life, right? So you got it in your side quest. You got to learn that you have a curse-breaking blessing on your life, right? So the whole nation is under a curse, amen? And Elijah's like, but when I show up, when I show up, the blessing on my life is stronger than the curse on a whole nation. Y'all may be cursed, but I ain't cursed. I show up to the widow's house, she blessed. You're like, but she's a widow. Blessed! She ain't got no food. Bless. Why? I'm here. When I showed up, a blessing showed up. Right? And, and, and you could just be as arrogant about that as you want, as long as you keep it to yourself. When you tell other people it's weird, right? I know you're miserable, but I'm here now, so you're blessed. I'm like, nah. Mm, mm. Let them understand they're blessed before you tell them. Like, Elijah didn't have to talk him into it. The, the barrel of food spoke for itself. Right when he showed up, the barrel got full and they're blessed. So Elijah here on this side quest, you know, he could be like, God, you know, they're trying to kill me. I'm not doing what you called me to do. He's like, God's like, I'm trying to teach you something. I need to get it in you for I can get it through you. Right? And so we check out on the side quest so we don't get to fulfill our mission. Why? Why am I not serving my purpose? Have you been faithful in the side quest? Right? And so, so he, he, he went from one starving place to another. And, 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 and now, remember, he had the miracle food there. And and, 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 and he showed up to the widow, and he starts providing this miracle food for the widow. And now I can understand, like, he's hiding out in a, in a, in a lady's house. He's upstairs. She created a little place for him. Uh, he's got food. Uh, and you can see, like, he's like, oh, all right, I got, a little, I got a little breathing room here. I'm finally in a place there's food. Got someone cooking it for me. For me, that's always good, right? Uh, I'm not having to cook because I don't. Um, uh, yeah, I order food real good. Uh, I don't even really do that. My wife does that. That's a lie, right? <laughs> Yeah, I stay hungry and complain about it real good. Um, and so then we, you know, um, and, and, and so he got, he's like, you ever been like in a long, hard season? And you're like, now I can just rest for a minute, right? I'm not even trying to accomplish anything. I just want to rest for a second. And here's where Elijah was. I finally get to rest for a minute. And then the widow's son dies, right? He gets sick and then he dies. And then here's what the woman says to him. She'll say, man. You know, he was starving to death, and he had some time left, and we got to eat and be full and see that God is alive. No, no, here's what, here's what the widow says to him. Verse 18 of chapter 17 of 1 Kings. So the widow said to Elijah, 
Why is my business any of yours, you man of God? You man of God. I can see her saying, my, my son's done. Why are you messing with me, man of God? Right? I should ask you a question in his relationship. He says, yet you have come to me to bring my wrongdoings to remembrance and to put my son to death. Wow. Weird summary of what has just happened, right? Weird take on what just happened. I want you to see something here, though. This is what dead religion looks like when you have problems, right? What this widow knew was dead religion. If something bad happened to me, it must be punishment for something I did that is wrong. I need you to be aware of that thought in your life because it's only the devil that will tell you that, right? The Bible tells us that judgment has been reserved until the passing over. Jesus Christ took the punishment here on earth so we don't have to. Now, if God wants to punish you, it's not going to look like your son died. It's going to look like, I don't even know what. Find the worst thing in the Bible, and it's going to be worse than that, right? And so if that didn't happen, it's not God punishing you. That's what dead religion wants to tell you. Dead religion says if you do everything right, you're going to have a happy, happy life. And if you do something wrong, well, bad things happen. How will I know if I did something wrong? Bad things are happening. So if you, bad things are happening, it's because you did something wrong. Dead religion. Can you hear me? Dead religion. Elijah didn't do nothing wrong, and here he is not having the easiest life. In the very story, we can see that's a lie. So be free of that nonsense. There is sin in this world, and it affects us. And um, side note, every faith person you've ever read about, every amazing saint that you've ever read about in the Bible, none of them are walking the earth today. They're all going to cross over. We're all going to cross over. I, I, wanna be, I, I don't, I don't want to go into the last minute. I want to be super, super healthy. I want to go to bed and wake up in heaven. Right? Like that, that's what I want. I don't, I don't know about you, but it's my time. I'm just like, eh, I'm about 120. I'm good to go. Right? Like, nah, just take me. Right? Like, I, I don't want don't, to don't be languishing and saying, I told my wife, if I'm ever in a coma or whatever, pull the plug. I'm ready to go to heaven. I'm not sitting in the bed slobbering on myself for four years. Pull the plug. They pull the plug. I'm still living. Put a pillow on my face. I'm ready to go. Do not leave me like this. Why would I languish on earth? I'm ready for heaven, right? Sometimes I go to bed, I'm like, is tonight the night, Lord? Tonight wouldn't be a bad night. Tonight would be an okay night. Right? No, I don't actually say that. I don't say that. Sometimes I feel that way, though. I'm going to be honest with you. <clears throat> but I'm not killing myself. I'm not letting the devil get that kind of satisfaction. Amen? He <laughs> ain't getting that kind of satisfaction over me. It ain't going to happen. And so she made, she's like, oh, I know I've made mistakes in my life. God must be punishing me. You know, I'm being punished, and it's your fault, Elijah, that I'm being punished. You see, she, had to, she did not understand that Elijah had a battle before the main battle. He, there's a battle before in your life. And when problems come, you, the, 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 the deception is thinking that this is the end of the story. This judgment is because of everything that happened. And it all ends here with me getting punished. No, no, no. This is the battle before the victory, right? And when you're in the battle, I want you to think, oh no, now it's all falling apart. He's like, no, no, this is the battle that I'm being equipped to win for the big, bigger battle where I show everybody the victory. You're not, you're not like getting punished in this thing. This isn't the end of it. Uh, when, when I went over to my friend's house and his plumbing had stopped, I'm like, well, man, I don't know, I don't know nothing about this. I, I thought I could help. I ain't got no help at all. But it's not like I said, well, I guess your, your family never uses the toilet anymore. Let's go dig a hole in your backyard and we'll just fill that with your human waste. You know, like, no, of course you're going to get plumbing. Are you with me? It's, I mean, it's not like, oh, never going to have plumbing. Maybe your car breaks down. You're like, oh, this is the end. No, it's not like that's the last time you're ever going to drive, right? <laughs> like, this isn't forever. Like, you're going to, like, like, oh, my wife and I had a fight. Oh, okay, well, so, uh-huh, that's bad, but eventually you're going to repent of being rude. Like, I wasn't rude. I thought you had a fight. How do you have a fight with one person being rude? That ain't a fight. <laughs> but she started it. I, I didn't ask about that, but, but were you rude? Well, after she, so yes. <laughs> well, go repent of being rude. I don't want to. Ah, so you're caught in the snare of sin. I get it. You know, let's deal with that. <laughs> let's deal with that. I'm sorry. I'm not stepping on anybody's toes here. I'm sorry. That's the Holy Ghost. Blame Jesus. Blame Jesus. Ah, oh, look at you trying to give me a good relationship, God. Huh. Okay, y'all are holding me up here. Let's focus. Let's focus. 
Okay, so Elijah had been on a quest with God. Is this making sense, honey? Because I feel like we've gone. Okay. So Elijah's on this quest with God. And, and now he, he, he's on this quest to get Israel to stop worshiping Baal. And all of a sudden, he's got a side quest. He got a dead boy upstairs. Now, if you are a prophet and you got a dead boy in your house, you're like, hmm, I guess I got a side quest, right? That ain't the end of the story as far as I'm concerned. That ain't the end of the story, right? And so, so Elijah, you know, this is no longer just about the woman and the boy. Uh, this was part of the God story in Elijah's life. And so Elijah gets the boy and he takes him upstairs <clears throat> to be alone with God. Now, I want you to remember what we've been talking about. Elijah had a sacred space. Say sacred space. Elijah had a sacred space upstairs in the upper room, so to speak. Hello. He had an upstairs upper room where he would get alone with God. And, and here, here's where he met with God and he talked with God and he prayed with God. I understand. I could just see him doing his um, Jewish prayers up there, davening, you know, just going in with God as far as he knew how. And he's like, hmm, this is where he bought his problems. You know, I got these issues. I'm going to take them to the upper place alone with God. I'm going to bring them into this sacred space where I know God will be. This is the sacred space that he would get real with God about what was going on in his life. And this is where he took the boy. I, I, could, I, I, could, see, the, I could see the boy dying and uh, the mom being upset and starting to blame Elijah. And I kind of feel like Elijah had a bit of a short temper, right? I like to consider myself Elijah-esque, right? Now, it's not just short-tempered. Not a fault, of course. It's Elijah-esque, right? That's what prophetic people like to blame their attitude on. And so I could see him grabbing the boy. This is just Carl now. I could see him, him dead. Mom complaining. I just, this is how I picture it. There's some stairs, probably a ladder almost. And I can just see Elijah being like, grabs the kid by the wrist and just drags him upstairs. Just, just drags him up the flight of steps, right? And the mom's like, he's like, he's dead, right? Like, he don't feel this, right? So I see him dragging him upstairs into the sacred space, right? And he has a heart-to-heart -heart with God. He's got a dead body. And he takes a dead body, and he don't just take it to the sacred place. He puts it on the bed, the place of rest in the sacred place. This is where he takes the body of the boy, right? And so he's got the body, he's got the boy, and Elijah starts getting real with God. See, he hasn't given up. He knows this is the battle before, right? And so he gets right with God. He, he says to God, verse 20, he says, He called to the Lord and said, Lord, my God, have you also brought catastrophe upon the widow with whom I'm staying? He's like, why are you messing up where I'm living, right? You want to mess up them, that's fine, but why where I'm living, right? He says, uh, with whom I'm staying, by causing her son to die. And then, watch this, he stretches his body out over the boy three times and called to the Lord and said, Lord, my God, please let this, life's, this boy's life return, in the Hebrew here it says, to his inner parts. Let life return to his inner parts. I just, Elijah, he had this problem, this dead boy. He don't start blaming the woman. Oh, look, if you've been right with God, you wouldn't have this problem. He didn't get dead religion, right? He didn't yell at Ahab. He didn't yell at, he said, no, no, no. I am in the midst of a problem. I need to do something about this. He takes the boy into the sacred space, and then he stretches his life out over death. He's not pointing at death saying, you're the problem around here. Look, you, no, no, I'm going to put my life stretched out over this problem because I know the river of God on the inside of me. Come on, somebody. The river of God on the inside of me stretched out over this problem. Come fix something. The anointing on my life, the blessing on my life breaks curses. I am a blessing waiting to happen. And when I stretch my life out over this thing, this thing has to change. We can't sit in our little houses talking about, can you believe how that part of the world is behaving now? Did you see what they're doing on the TikTok? Have you, I mean, like, this is like, come on, man. Come on, stretch your life out over that thing. Stretch your life out over it three times. We're the, mm, I don't even got time to talk about that. But three times he stretches life out, his body out over it. And the boy, the life returns to him. See, revival begins when you get real with God in prayer. You stretch your problems to the sacred space. One more second, Lillian. I got ahead of myself. You start playing no mic. I'm ready. Come on, somebody. I hope you're ready to get stretched out into life. <coughs> Come on. You get into the sacred place with your problems, and you start talking to God about them. Amen. You start telling God about these sacred space issues you got now. And you, you stay there. You stay in the sacred place, stretching your life out over those problems until you get life. Don't, don't come out with the problem. That's not why you went to the sacred place. You, you stay there till you come out with some hope. 
You stay there till you come out with some life. You stay there until you know God has heard what you said and he's ready to do something. Come on, somebody, about it. Watch this. Verse 22. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah and the life of the boy returned to him and he revived. Come on. So Elijah comes down with the boy. He's like, look, life. Life has returned. He didn't tell somebody, no, no, I believe revival. He didn't have to tell mom, I believe revival is coming. Here's life. Here's life. So he presents the boy to the world, and he came out of the sacred space. He took the boy downstairs, and he says, look, your son's alive. See, Elijah's battle was bigger than Elijah. Elijah's battle was bigger than Elijah. Elijah's battle was about who is God in this pagan land. He's in Syria, and he's like, man, I knew who God was in Israel, but but they're over here in this pagan land. Who's God over here? I, I heard that it's only Baal who resurrects the seasons. Out of winter comes spring, and only Baal can do that over here. And God is like, uh uh, uh uh. I'm the God of revival here as well. I'm the God of life here as well. I'm not some territorial God. I'm also the God of this pagan place. Come on, Lou. Here's the question I have for you Who's God over your life? Israel had to make a decision. Who is the living God? And Elijah was like, that is my, that, that, that's my ultimate, that's the, that's the main quest for my life. Make Israel decide, who is God in your life? And so over this boy and his widow, he's like, I'm, I'm going to start with the one before I move to the all. He's like, hey, lady, look. The boy is now alive. And so we're faced with a decision. Who is God in your life? God is trying to dig deep wells of salvation in each of us so that we can draw from that when things look a little dry. I know there's a desert all out there, but I got a deep, deep, deep well of salvation. And I can't turn, I've been too, I've seen too much. I've been too far into Christ to turn back now. I, I, I've given too much, I've seen him do too much. I've experienced too much of his love to turn back now. Amen. Keep it down, keep it down. I'm not quite there yet. They're ready to run away. Come on. And I'm I'm, I'm all right with it. See, prophets had a hard life. Prophets have a hard life. Not not because God has forsaken them, but they have to live a life of victory. God keeps giving them new areas of warfare so they can learn new aspects of victory. Elijah kept getting these side missions to gain skills and experience so he could win the ultimate battle, which we're going to see here in a couple weeks. He, he didn't get distracted from the side missions. He kept his eyes on making God real to the people under Baal's curse. He stayed focused. Huh. Elijah was God's representative in a foreign land. The land that was cursed because of their Baal worship, Elijah brought resurrection miracles your family members are never too far from God nobody is too far from God there's no land that is cursed by God right now because my Bible tells me Jesus carried the curse and I got a curse breaking blessing on the inside of me and anywhere I go come on somebody And so I want to ask you today, where are you living right now? Are you in the place where you are living free of the curse? Have you fully made God your God? Or are we still doing a little syncretism as we talked about last week? A little bit of this and a little bit of that and you get all and nothing. Is God fully your God? Because he's either 100% your God or he's not. I want to to maybe just push you a little bit this morning to think. is, Is in your trial God your refuge? Or is he an option? Are your emotions the determiner of truth? Or, or, or is God's word what determines truth in your life? Is it settled in your mind that Jesus Christ has saved you? Or are we still wondering if God is going to save you from the next thing? 
where is your life at right now? Maybe you're visiting us today, maybe you're not. Maybe you got invited today because somebody wants you to hear that God actually is the only living, true God, and He is good. He is good. Amen. No, come on, somebody. That's, that's worth clapping to. In this cursed land, Elijah was an island of blessing. Jesus Christ is our island of blessing here on the earth. And everybody who puts their hope in Him is blessed. And so every head bow, every eye closed right now. I just want to pray for us, nobody looking around in the band or anything. I just want to pray for anybody in here today. I'm not going to have an altar call uh, now. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. But I do want to know who I'm praying with today. Everybody on the um, chat, if that's you, I want you to respond by texting uh, the number that they're putting on the chat right now. But if you're in this room right now and you're like, you know what, I need to fully put my faith in God. Maybe you've never put your faith in God. Maybe it has stumbled. I want to pray for everybody in this room right now. If that's you today, just put your hand up and down real quick so I can see who I'm praying for. I see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see you. Yeah, all over. Just all over the room. I see people raising their hand. Yeah. Amen. Look, God is good. He's very, very, very good. And, and um, the people around you may not have re represented it well, but you're loved. Just as you are, you're loved. And I believe God is going to start coming through on some of our battles. Come on. Some of our battles as we put our faith in Him. Stand with me if you would. Let's all pray together and just kind of give God this. Um... Let's just pray a prayer dedication right now. Let's everybody in the room. Let's not let anybody be singled out. If you're like, well, I don't need that. You probably need it. You're like, I've been doing this a long time. I need it, right? Let's go on. Let's all pray together. Just say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, you are God. There is no other God. I am blessed because my faith is in you. Wow. Give me strength for the battle in front of me. Let me see your life in me. Let me regain my authentic voice. I want to be fully who you called me to be. Hey, forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean and give me new life. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Come on, somebody. Now listen, now listen, before we go, before we go, I, I just want to finish the story here. Give me one second, man. I just want to finish the story here. So, so the boy is alive, and, and, and Elijah, he, he is strong enough to be breaking the curse. He was this island of prosperity in this cursed land. And, and watch this, verse 24. It says, then the woman said to Elijah, verse 24, then the woman said to Elijah, verse 24, You'll have to take my word for it. Then the woman said to Elijah, I just keep waiting for it to come up there. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know, watch this, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. Elijah didn't need the sign, though he's going to use it in future days. But Elijah knew it was his job to demonstrate this living God for the world. Right? He, like, he's mature enough to understand this whole thing isn't about me. Being kind to my spouse isn't just about me. It's about treating someone right. Giving grace to my children is not just about me wanting to be a good parent. It's about them having a good parent. Right? Cutting my neighbor's lawn isn't because I just want my neighborhood good. It's because I want to show some grace on people who don't know it. Like, like come on, I mean, like, like, like doing things for other people is a responsibility of a mature Christian. We are people who demonstrate that Jesus is alive. That's what we do as Christians. We demonstrate that Jesus is alive. We demonstrate that God is the real God in the land of false gods. What does this mean about us? Elijah took the dead into a sacred space so they could experience life. Now, maybe you're not going to lay hands on a bunch of dead people, and I hope you don't have a lot of opportunity for that. I'm going to be honest. But what is, what is the New Testament application of this? Well, 
Jesus Christ brought people into the sacred space so that they could see the living God. We need to bring the spiritual dead into this sacred space so they can see in this land that Jesus Christ actually is alive. That is the responsibility of us as believers to bring the dead to where there is life so they can experience the living God in their own lives. We can't be yelling at the world that they're not Christian. We need to let the world see what Christianity looks like. What it feels like to be encouraged, to be equipped, to see that the lies of the devil are not true. That the condemnation that they're experiencing is actually a lie within a sacred space. Come on, somebody. There's there's Easter coming up next week. People are likely to go to church on Easter. There's a good time to invite somebody to come experience life with you. You're like, I don't know if they're like it. It ain't got nothing to do with you. It's God's job to make them like it. Well, they might think it's different. might think it's weird. Of course it's going to be weird. They're living in sin. It better not look normal. We need to change the church if it looks normal. Ah, I just wish church looked more like the world. You, we got that. It's called a club. We're here to show something different. Amen. Okay, I'm not going to go down that road too far. But what happens in Boca Raton when we decide that we are going to show and bring people to life? What, what, what would our town look like if we just said, it's my responsibility to stretch my life out over this dead area and drag them up to a sacred space and show them what life looks like? I've been to a lot of good concerts. I ain't never experienced what I experienced this morning when the Spirit of God came into the room and showed us life. And the world needs to see that. Come on. Just like those people who needed God individually, today were encouraged to be, to dedicate themselves to God. I want us, those who maybe been doing this thing for a little bit, so so maybe some of us who consider ourselves mature in the Lord, to to get off the side quest and get on the main point to bring people to where there's life. Well, will you commit with me today that you're going to sign up, you're going to help this world, but stretch my life out over this world, I'm going to bring them to where there's life. Will, will 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 you commit yourself with me? Will you commit yourself with me? Amen, amen, amen. Come on, in the chat, go ahead and give me an amen, give me a clap.